When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 93 of the College Loop Podcast. And it's just me and Tar in the studio today. Tar, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. The end is in sight for baseball season, so I'm almost there to the point where I am back to three days a week on the show, and I'm really, really excited. I miss it so much. Um, I'm also exhausted. So uh, there, <laughs> there, there is that. Ready to talk some some Auburn ball. I hear there's a five-star in the Plains ball. And you would be right in uh, your hearing of that because Auburn yesterday picked up the commitment of their first five-star since 2019, the first five-star of this class, the first of potentially – a few that could end up finding their way to the points. Sources are saying Auburn's flipping every commit in the, that's like ranked. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, Auburn's getting 25 five stars and uh, 84 stars in this class. It's a whole new revamp that's going on in the class. <laughs> yeah. Nothing too out of the, like too weird or anything, but yeah, Auburn picked up the commitment of five-star linebacker, Demarcus Riddick, the number three overall linebacker in the class, number five, number three overall player in the state of Alabama, and number twenty-six player nationally in the country. So, I mean, Tar, uh, we talked about this yesterday live, me and Colin. But I just open up with you, thoughts on Auburn picking up the uh, the commitment of Riddick and just overall view of the class so far. Man, this one was cool and actually kind of snuck up on me. Uh, I keep forgetting um, that I get off of work at 5 p.m. Eastern, which means that uh, that's 4 p.m. Central, which happened to be commitment time for Marcus Riddick. And um, I was actually on the phone with one Jacob Hillman in front of the program who goes, dude, 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 just landed him. Auburn just landed him. I was like, oh, my gosh, wow, hello. Um, I forgot that was happening today, to be completely candid, because I am so swamped. Um, but immediate reaction is just, uh, damn. Well, well done uh, to Hugh Freeze and his staff. This is a huge get. And then I had a couple of people text me uh, immediately after um, the commitment, which was super, super fun. So I'm actively still on the phone with Greg Hillman talking about the implications of this. Um, but to go snag a guy out from the sure grasps of Kirby Smart um, and out of the backyard right uh, right here in, in Alabama from, from Chilton County, it's, uh, I mean, that, man, that's big time. Uh, it's, it's so big. And when, when, what have we talked about? from day one of the freeze tenure, when we looked at the recruiting side of things is that you've got him in the state of Alabama. And, and I know that, you know, everyone thinks he's just, you know, a Georgia lock, whatever flips into Auburn, Alabama still firmly in that mix. Uh, I mean, you look at the, the other schools that were in the mix, Florida, Arkansas, um, you're, you're competing against solely schools in your conference in, in, in theory. Right. And you win that battle over a five-star and, and a guy that's buying in and, and, and another guy to, kind of add to your little makeshift class of 24 recruiting staff. And um, just a huge grab for this class of 2024. Obviously, the vaulting of number 27 in the national rankings, that's only going to go up. Uh, Trevon Reed already tweeted the eyeballs emoji earlier today saying, we're not done yet. 
And and you and I both agree, Auburn's so far from done with this class. Uh, but, I mean, DeMarcus Riddick, man, uh, that was your first domino. We, we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, or at least you know, I mentioned this, and it was mentioned on the War Report uh, podcast network, Instagram, social media, Twitter, things of that nature. When I was quoted saying, Gary um, Thompson could be the guy, what's well, up being DeMarcus Reddick? And that's so big. Um, getting the first five-star out of the way uh, in, in your tenure, is such a big accomplishment for a coach. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's about how they can play ball. It's not always about the stars. But it is about the Jimmys and the Joes in the SEC. And every single one of these coaches can coach us X's and O's in large. Um, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. And uh, Q Freeze making it clear that he understands that and also making it clear that he's not afraid to go up against the big dogs, against the likes of Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, and, and when. And um, the, the recruiting momentum right now for Auburn is tremendous. I don't know how it's not gained the national notoriety that it, I think it, it deserves. And I'm not saying that Q Freeze and them are doing it for attention. I don't think they really care, if, unless it can be used to their benefit for recruiting. I don't think that it bothers them. But it's really astonishing to me how it kind of took us until SEC Media Day to see other people go, why are people not paying attention to what Auburn's doing right now? It's probably because Auburn's number 12 in the SEC, as it stands. However, this is one of those head-turning moments going, oh, shit, Q Freeze is for real. Uh, this is, I mean, it's true. I, I think that there's a lot of validity to that. And there's certainly that conversation now where you're like, wow, that, that first sigh of relief, right? You can breathe a little bit easier now. Now you, you really, you, you can't let up on the recruiting trail. I don't think that's really a huge freeze's blood. I think he understands that, but you can't let up on the, on the recruiting trail. But at the same time, you kind of look and say, wow, okay, we've got a huge name on board now. Um, I mean, this is reminiscent to Owen Papo in 2019. And, and I'm not, yeah, that's not just me being, you know, he's my boy for sure. Shout out, go Cardinals. Uh, but this is reminiscent to Owen Papo in 2019, where it looked like he was right there in, in, the, in the grasp of Kirby Smart and in, in George's backyard, uh, quite literally 45 minutes from campus. And then you go head to head with Kirby Smart there. You win that one. You win Marcus Riddick uh, under Hugh Freeze, obviously a different tenure, but still the same momentum, uh, like, if not bigger, about people buying into this one. And you're recruiting out of Nick Stegman's backyard. And that is the, that has got to be the, the foundation for, for freezing company. And, and, and I think they get that. Let's look at what they've done. Um, Hugh Freeze came in after being at Liberty for uh, a handful of years and came in and said, all right, I know I can recruit Alabama. I can do that. I can recruit Florida. I can recruit Georgia. I know my pipeline states, but I've got to lock down and show people that we're real. Demarcus Riddick, a beacon for this, that mentality being implemented. Just plain as that. Hell of a football player, no doubt there. I don't think there's a ton of ton of conversation about whether or not anybody thinks he's going to be an impact guy. Um, definitely needed linebacker help and, and and needed to build that linebacker room in the future. Obviously, that's a different not not going to help you in 2024, but it will help you beyond. But or excuse me, 2023, but it will help you beyond my apologies. Um, I was thinking this school year out of like this graduating class. I don't know where my mind is at there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not gonna help you this season, but we'll help you going forward. And gain strict traction on what could wind up being Dylan. This could wind up being an incredible class. The class of 2024. Um, yeah. Those boys over at 24-7, Caleb Jones and company, they're, they're having some fun with this recruiting cycle for sure. We're covering this one because there's actually recruits to cover now. Oh, yeah. And you, you talk about what DeMarcus Riddick can bring. And you bring up Owen Papo, and it's, and it's a great comparison because he – Plays a lot like Owen Papo, a great second-level defender who could cover the ball very well. 
and has the pass rushing ability to be a really, really good linebacker. And a guy that I talked about in the live stream yesterday is probably going to be one of your starters going into 2024. And it's kind of hard not to imagine him being one of those guys, just knowing the how the state of the linebacker court as it is right now. And you're also going into this next season with three linebackers who can all compete for a starting job. I think DeMarcus Strick's probably the only one that I'd, par- I'd probably give give that edge because uh, I think Joseph Phillips is going to be more of a D-end or sure. Jack position. And then at that point, you have a Joseph Phillips coming around and Keldrick Falk coming around to young bucks who can who can blitz quarterback like nobody's business. And D'Angelo Barber, a guy who I think is going to need a couple of years to develop, but I think is going to end up being a really, really good linebacker for, for Auburn. But I want to talk about the commitment a little bit. And I want to commend Chilton County for getting it up and running at four on the dot. And the coach did a four-minute speech. Then they had a little bit of technical difficulties, and they sent it over to Marcus Riddick, and we were in and out of that commitment within 10 minutes of the uh, of 4 o'clock. And, you know, this is mom's birthday. He's a big family man. Uh, so he's like, this is my – President for my president for my mom, and uh, you know he had hat theory told you that Georgia was not in it whatsoever. Uh, if you believe in hat theory at all, which science is there, uh, last two commitments, uh, Florida and Georgia, and these last two guys, sorry, you just weren't in it because your hat was just thrown on the table. Alabama's hat not really worn that much. The Auburn hat, the bill was a little bent, uh, signaling that he has worn it. But, of course, he pulls out the happy birthday bag. His mom starts unwrapping it, and she pulls out none other than a than a very familiar-looking hat. A very, very familiar-looking hat. And you may have seen it before. It's kind of like orange on top, blue bill, and it has like a little rope going across, and it's like a, a nice little script of Auburn across the, across the top of it. It's it's really it's really funny. For those of you listening to the audio version of this podcast, Dylan's being uh, a doofus, and he's wearing this hat. Um, in describing it. So for those of you watching on YouTube, yes, you should be laughing. Um, for those of you absolutely clueless as to what Dylan, what hat Dylan's wearing today because he wears a bazillion of them, um, he does wear this one a lot. But yeah, this this was a great bit and I commend, yeah, commend your credit. <laughs> this one's pretty much synonymous with me in this show. I think I've worn, this one I've definitely worn more than any other of my other hats. I definitely need to have all my Auburn hats back here uh, at some point. Uh, but because you can kind of see the Georgia logo with that one if you pay real close attention. But just uh, to do that real quick for the bit. But I, you, you watch what DeMarcus Reddick can do. And like I said earlier, he's definitely going to be a guy who I think is going to either be the starter right away or he's going to be competing and kind of do what Keldrick Falk did this offseason, kind of be like in the, behind one of the veterans and then emerge in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, and be a guy who is going to be one of the premier linebackers on this team. But holy crap. Just the going into yesterday, I didn't know what to think. Uh, I, I talked talk about this a lot. I was like weirdly confident in the fact that he was going to pick Auburn, but I was also terrified by the fact that every single person I saw on, on Auburn Twitter was just going to have their tail between their legs whenever he just does does what all the Bama fans were saying. And the Bama fans were just rampant. But weirdly enough, I think they were in the same boat. Uh because they were very aggressive about Demarcus Riddick, I want to say until Sunday, and then there was like a staunch like shift in how they reacted about Demarcus Riddick, and like you know he was 
he's no longer good enough to play for Alabama. If he wants to be a starter right away, then uh, he wasn't good enough to play here anyways. And they tweeted at his grandma. Big weird. Big, big weird, big ups for, uh, uh, for uh, not big ups for them, but like big, big weird for them. And uh, I think with as much of a family man as DeMarcus has, uh, has been putting off, you know, he brings his grandma with him to every trip. His family's always with them when he goes to all these visits. It's very weird that Bama, who was very high on this guy four days ago, does that just attack his family? Yeah, mad weird. And it's worth mentioning, I saw this, I forgot who posted it, so it's going to sound bad. Uh, they asked DeMarcus Riddick the, the differences between Hugh Freeze and, and Nick Saban's recruiting styles. And he brought up Hugh's ability to be like to be a family man in his recruiting. Like he's very family oriented, and he said Saban is too, but not to the degree that Hugh Freeze is. And I don't think that's a surprise to anybody at all. No, it shouldn't be. Um, look, you know, we talk about this all the time. Hugh Freeze brings his past with him. Uh, it, his track record precedes him in that regard. That being said. If there's ever been a coach to buy in to the Auburn family concept um, more than Hugh Freeze has since his arrival, please show me. Um, it's it's not that I'm sliding anyone else. I mean, Bruce Pearl certainly was appreciative. Uh, Gus, Mal- Gus and Christy Malzahn are still part of the Auburn family. And that list can, continues to go on. Butch Thompson also in that camp firmly. Johnny Harris, that list goes on. But Hugh Freeze looked and said, you know, I'm at a place in my life where it's very important to me um, to make sure that I'm, I convey the importance of my family. Um, and, and his outward commitment to his family uh, publicly, even dating back, well, pre-Auburn, back to his time at Ole Miss, say what you will. Um, I don't doubt that that's a good recruiting tactic. Um, it's a brand he sticks to. You see him talk all the time about walking in his faith. Um, and 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 his commitment to you know, growing in his faith with his family, that speaks to guys like Marcus Riddick. That speaks to guys like Walker White. Um, and those kinds of guys, once you get them on board, are the contagious personalities that can go relate to other guys. Um, and, it, and it really is. I know it's going to sound like I'm looking at this from a business perspective, and I a little bit am. But it really is kind of a, 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 if you're going to roll with that brand, Auburn's place to do it. And and if you can sell it, sell the hell out of it. And I, I, I truly, I, 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 why would DeMarcus Riddick be making that up? Other than the fact that, sure, I'm sure early playing time has something to do with it. That's fine. That's a selling point right now. That's okay. You want to get to the point where development's your selling point, but right now it's not. And I, I, I think holistically, a lot of people buy this, and they should. Uh, well, innocent until proven guilty, right? Uh, buy in and, until you're given not a reason not to. And I think there's a lot of kids building a lot of excitement around what, what Hugh Freeze is bringing. Um, I will give props where credit's due. God knows I was critical uh, of Hugh Freeze when, when, when he was named head coach of Auburn. Dude has not left a rock unturned. Has not gone, uh, overlooked anything to a point where how can I use this to as a recruiting tactic? Um, I, this is certainly one of those cases. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> you're using your, the, your love for family as a recruiting tactic for a guy who loves his family. So, I mean, there's not, nothing better than uh, than using you know, wholesome means to bring in recruits. And, I mean, it just shows, uh, I mean, you bring up Hugh, Fre- Hugh Freeze wears his past on his sleeve. 
And, and he even said at a media days, he understands uh, past, uh, like a, a haunted past from anybody. And he's moved past that. And he can use that to better his recruiting and all that stuff. And he's just, he's been on it. And he's going to still be on it this Saturday or Friday. I think it's when it, Friday's when they get there, right? Early segue into Big Cat Weekend Friday. Early segue into Big Cat Weekend coming up this weekend. And there is a load of four and five stars that are showing up on the planes. Probably some other guys who are split in, but I've only found I can't find a list anywhere that I don't have to pay for, it, and I'm not paying for a list for for five minutes of me reading it. Sure. But just to go through the list of people who are going to be there, it is going to be Demarcus Riddick. Uh, you know, we spent the last 15 minutes talking about him. Uh, you got KJ Bolden, Perry Thompson, who's going to find a way to split time at Auburn and Alabama, but could maybe find his way just staying on the planes. Uh, you have four-star corner Jalen Hayward, a current Georgia commit as well. Four-star wide receiver Malcolm Simmons. Four-star linebacker Bradley Shaw. Four-star safety Zaquan Patterson. Four-star cornerback who's already committed to the Tigers, Jalen Crawford. Four-star athlete Jalua Solomon. It's going to be athlete corner uh and that's gonna be a guy who's coming down between auburn and florida state so really gonna have to push those two kj bolton and Jalewis Solomon both commit on august 5th by the way uh for everyone that's not been paying attention to that and then you have some you have a four-star defensive lineman tj Lindsay, four-star running back duke watson who i think is committed to louisville i think uh you have 2025 four-star jadon herlot and four-star 2024 edge rusher Jared Smith. And then you also have another couple of guys. You have four-star offensive lineman DeAndre Carter from Matter Day. Or Modern Day. Modern Day. I'm not from Cali. Uh, 2025 four-star D lineman Jordan Crawford. Pause. You don't have to be from Cali to know who Modern Day is. I, I don't know. I, I Matter Day, Modern Day, Mater Day. prolific. High school football programs in the country continue. It could still be Mater Day. It's modern. It's like, day. You know, like Tuh Mater, but without the. All right, thank you for the cars reference, Larry. But, <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, uh, Bama commit 2025 five star wide receiver Ryan Williams, who is currently the number one player in the state of Alabama for next year's class. So a load of players who are showing up this weekend and, and uh, on, on the weekend to be an Auburn football recruit. Dylan. I'm going to ask you this super quickly about Big Cat Weekend. Auburn earns commitments from blank amount of guys. I'm going to say is four too much? Yes, four is way too much. I'm going to say – I don't want to say two. I'm going to say three. I like two. A two and a half is the line. Okay, over under two and a half. I'm going to say – I'm going to give it – In the comments right here. Make sure you like to subscribe. <laughs> I'm about it. No, for real. I'm about it. We're... I like I like the three because I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on the same wavelength as you. I still think two. I, I like two. Two's I think two's safe. I think two's super safe. And I mean, you already have to cut out the fact that Jalua Solomon and KJ Bolden are not committing this weekend, but next weekend. Right. And you have some guys who are 2025 guys, but Perry Thompson. Even if it's just just one guy, if it's Perry Thompson is, is a one guy, it's already a huge win for Big Cat Weekend because not only did you just steal a linebacker from Alabama, you've now just stolen another five-star, but this time a wide receiver from Alabama. That's right. 
And if you can find a way to flip a couple more guys, and K- this is KJ Bolton's last visit before he makes his commitment. And I think it's a, I believe it's Julius Solomon's too, unless he's finding a way to sneak himself in the Tallahassee before August 5th somehow. <laughs> if you can find a way to make a big enough effort and a big enough swing on KJ Bolton. If you can pick up Perry Thompson and KJ Bolton, you might have this might just be the biggest win in Big Cat weekend history. It would be up there. Certainly up there. Just because it is the what those two can offer to a, a team right away. And Perry Thompson has been compared to the likes of everywhere from uh, I think Julio Jones to AJ Brown. If you can find a way to bring a wide receiver of his caliber to the planes, and and he's Perry Thompson has been very very cryptic, super cryptic. He has been adding to Marcus Riddick a lot on on socials. He congratulated him on his commitment earlier today, earlier yesterday. He added him on a story with a little. What emoji was it? It was like some. I don't know if it was like a sh- emoji or if it was something else. Uh, but Perry Thompson is, I, I don't know if he's trying to make me like cautious in thinking this, but he sounds more and more like he might be flipping to the other team and, and to, uh, to Auburn uh, instead of sticking with Alabama. And, and it's a weird feeling because it's like DeMarcus Riddick. I feel confident that it might happen, but also like. I felt better about Perry Thompson from the get go. I, you and I've talked about this a lot, and and, and and folks, I don't know, I don't know this, I don't know this for a fact. I don't even know this for an educated guess. Um, I felt better about Auburn's chances with Perry Thompson than with anybody, else, any other flip. Just to be just to be honest, there's been the most noise, and and I'm just not sure that it's out of the picture. I mean, I certainly understand wanting to play for Coach Saban, but at the same time, there is. We mentioned a minute ago, Dylan, there are a lot of selling points to come to Auburn right now, especially seeing it's a little bit of, you know, go with masses. Hey, some other guys are seeing something that maybe I need to figure out what they're seeing so I can see it too. Or maybe you don't. I mean, that's your choice. It's, it's ultimately these young, young, young men making their decisions for the next four years, theoretically four years of your life. But I I feel I, I, Auburn fans should feel good. I, I think that. As, as much of a chance as you can stand with a guy who's been committed to Alabama, I think this is about as much of a chance as you're ever going to stand, barring, you know, obviously a, 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 a flip. But going into this, this should probably be the most confidence you have. I, I don't know if it will happen. I think that there's a real world where Barry Thompson is an Auburn Tiger after maybe this weekend. I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, just like talking, talking about all the five stars Auburn is looking at. And we, this was pre Cam Coleman committing to Texas A and M. Uh, like we had Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, KJ Bolden, and Demarcus Riddick. And I think that was, was that it. Was there another one in there, or was it just those four? That's this one. And I think it was me that said that I thought Demarcus Riddick was the furthest reach of those. Yeah, four. you did. And. Yeah, apparently just on the ball. Because I came Coleman, I came Coleman as the most likely, and I had Demarcus Riddick as the least likely. And I think I'd Perry Thompson at two. Yep. Well, if he would have been at three, this is a lock. But yeah, I, uh, I, if I can go back and edit it, I would. <laughs> but 
just the confidence that's coming from the fact, and I had, there's, was it Bob? It was Bob Williams in the in the comments. Uh, love you, Bob. Uh, he talked about how if AM were to have a flop of a season, Cam Coleman could find his way back in, in Auburn's grabs, like Auburn's reach. Yeah. Any AM recruit right now, all coaches should be trying to pursue still. Not just if, if because of talent alone, um, but because I don't know that any of these guys are 100% if, but by the end of the season. Personally, I think that there's a real world Jimbo Fisher's gone after this year. I think you probably agree. <laughs> there's a real chance he's gone by week four. Yeah, a, a serious chance that the, the Jimbo Fisher doesn't even make it through the full season. Um, seat's never been hotter in Aggieland. Um, he's gone. Man, it is free rain, especially any of these kids that sign on early signing day. It is open season. He says free rain. It'll also be free zing as well on the planes. And I, I said this earlier as well. I mean, it was just, I think there's already just, I think the check's already signed. I think it's just waiting to be dated for Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, that's, I, awesome. that's another story for another time. I say, because I think, again, that the week four game becomes more and more important for Auburn recruiting. And that's an away game. One of Auburn's biggest recruiting weekends is an away game to Texas A&M. Because if you can find a way to, you know, as it said, 2013, uh, we, I think it was the same week, week four, 2013, against A&M and College Station, Auburn found a way to announce the college football world that they are back by D4 yeah. just taking down Johnny Manziel. And there's not a Johnny Manziel on that Texas A&M team by any means. But Auburn could find a way to alert to the college football world that they are back. Uh, you know, for the first four weeks before, you know, they, you got to play <laughs> Georgia and LSU. But you're not competing on the level of Georgia and Georgia and LSU right now. That's your goal is to compete within the SEC, get at least top five. Because if you get top five in the SEC, you're gold. Sure. You're, you're, you were set for set for a few years, uh, three to four years, if in the eyes of like most guys doing their commitment speeches. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can... Find a way to take down A and M. You open up the wor- You open up a world for Cam Coleman to be back in Auburn's like hopes. And if you flip Perry Thompson, you bring in two wide receivers right there, who are going to make Walker White very happy in twenty twenty five. Whenever he gets developed and ends up playing, I don't, I don't think I don't think Walker White's going to be a guy who's going to start day one. Uh, still, some things oh, no. need to work on. Uh, it's hard for me to say that I, I don't trust another true freshman to start a quarterback ever again after the Bo Nix experiment uh, went awry. Uh, if only Jared Stidham would have would have stayed for another year. Uh, go check that theoretical Thursday out. Uh, shameless plug. But right. Auburn and Hugh Freeze have been set up right now with recruiting that no one is out of reach. Because mm-hmm. you, ta- you were taking from the gold standards of the sport. Guys that five stars in the gold standard. Exactly. You were taking guys who up until three days ago, those fan bases said were the next best thing to come through that program. Like people were saying that uh, DeMarcus Riddick, I mean, it's a bad comparison because of just who he is comparing DeMarcus Riddick to like Ruben Foster and other players like that just are being compared to with DeMarcus Riddick. And just up until Sunday, they just, this was, this was the, best things to slice bread. DeMarcus Riddick was going to come and 
make their defenses better than they already are. And it's just so funny to me that they just turned their back on them like that whenever they realized they were not getting them. That's just the funniest thing to me. But you, Hugh Freeze now has Auburn set up to where any five stars is available uh, or to get any four stars available. Auburn is back on the recruiting map. And it's awesome to say that before Hugh Freeze has even coached a game. Yeah, it's uh, Auburn. Auburn fans should 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 feel like uh, should should be pretty happy with where they're at right now. Also, other work from uh, from Hugh Freeze and company: Avery Jones and Dylan Wade making the twenty two four sevens all transfer team. Just a little side t- sidebar news before we get into our theoretical Thursday. So, there you go, gentlemen. And, uh, way, way to turn some heads and uh, <laughs> props to to Hugh Freeze. Um, also, speaking of high rated, highly rated Auburn recruits. Let's get into theoretical Thursday, Dylan. And let's 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 talk about this. We we mulled this over for quite a while. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, we mulled this over for quite a while about what we wanted to go with today. Um, and the Jeremy Johnson experiment just can't be ignored forever. Um, it is. I recognize that that is some trigger words for some some Auburn fans. Dylan, I know you're an avid av- uh, defender of Jeremy Johnson. Nothing else uh, for his commitment to the university and. Uh, for his character. Great guy. Yeah. Really good. Dude, I understand where you're coming from. Today's, I'm going to pitch this one because you worded it differently than I think it needs to be worded, and then you can absolutely say that the question should be what you think it is. <laughs> but today's question is, what if Jeremy Johnson would have worked out? And in my context, in my headcanon, my theoretical world, a worked out would be an average to above average quarterback. I know there's the whole avenue. What if Jeremy Johnson was a Heisman winner? That's probably never in the cards. Just, just gonna be honest. Sometimes, sometimes we swing and miss on the valuation of these kids. It happens. But if he was an average to above average quarterback at Auburn, what if Jeremy Johnson, and under those circumstances and those parameters, would have worked out though? I ask. I answer that question by asking uh, my how I'm going to answer this question. What if Gus Malzahn knew how to develop quarterbacks at Auburn? Because clearly, we outside of I want to say Nick Marshall. There was a clear decline of every quarterback that started. Without exception. Without exception. Because even Jared Siddham, who we've talked about, is like one of the best quarterbacks to come through Auburn, just completely just downhill in 2018. And and I, I watched Jeremy Johnson, and the thing that makes me – I have I have a heart out for for Jeremy Johnson. He was the first recruit that I, I truly paid attention to. And, you know, you go into – 2013, 2014, going to 2014 season, and he plays that game against Arkansas, and he just lights up the hogs. And you're just watching this, you're watching Jeremy Johnson play, and you're just like, oh my God, this guy is going to lead Auburn back to glory. And 2014 comes to an end very, very sadly uh, with losses, uh, with I think the Alabama. Uh, Georgia and a few other teams mixed in there. I think that was a was that a five loss season, four loss season, twenty fourteen. I'm vaguely remembering. Thought it was a five it, loss season. It was I, a. If I'm not mistaken, it was a bowl. It was a bowl game. It was a bowl game loss to I think Wisconsin. But yeah, lost to I mean, lost Wisconsin. Yeah, I lost to Wisconsin in the Outback Bowl. Eight yeah. and five finish out that season. Hmm. This morning season that ended with losses yeah. to A and M, Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi State. And then, of course, Wisconsin. And uh, God, I'm being reminded of that AM game. So I'm going to back away from that because mm. you, you go into the 2015 season with 
all the hype in the world surrounding Jeremy Johnson. You watch what he did against Arkansas. You're like, this guy is going to be the truth. This is the next coming of the, the curse word, the next coming of Cam Newton. Uh, it's like Cam Newton who can throw the ball better. So how I believe how it was and the golden arm quarterback and Heisman front runner, Manning award front runner, every award that was available to give to a quarterback. Jeremy Johnson's name was at least in the top 10 of that list. And you go into the first game against Louisville. It's offense just isn't there. Uh, you win 31, 24 against Lamar Jackson. Sources are saying that Jeremy Johnson is better than Lamar Jackson. Sources are saying the head-to-head record shows. But you had 137 passing yards. You had one touchdown, three interceptions. Offense just couldn't keep it going enough. There was no real traction. You had Peyton Barber, who had a really good season in 2015. But as the season goes along, you find out that Jeremy Johnson is just isn't quite getting the offense. He's just not there the hype may have gotten to him. Just everything was going on. I mean, fan day, he had like security around him on fan day. Cause I remember fan day, whenever I was 15 years old, 14 years old, I saw Jer- I was like, Jeremy Johnson's going to be the back corner of, of Auburn arena. All right. As soon as these doors open, we're sprinting. And I got uh autograph and a picture with Jeremy Johnson. Cause I was this, all I've, all I was told that offseason was this, this guy's going to be a Heisman winner. But as soon as goes along, some injuries come up. He's not getting the offense. He's struggling to, to get the ball. You have that that one fumble that went awry. Uh, you, if you watch, remember that game, you know the one I'm talking about. His hands were just a little sweaty when it went back to pass the ball. Then Sean White comes in, just does slightly better than Jeremy Johnson does. I don't think Sean White was any better of a quarterback than Jeremy was. Uh, if Sean could have just stayed healthy, I guess it maybe would have progressed a little bit better. I just, I, it, it, that, that quarterback, that, that, the staunch decrease of team talent from the 2014 team to the 2015 was n- very noticeable. Sure. And I do think Jeremy Johnson gets a bad rap for the cards he was dealt because I don't think there's a single player on that team that went on to be in the NFL wide receiver. That, yeah. I get that active that actively got like decent like reps and whatnot. I mean, Duke Williams is probably on that list, but he's Canadian Football League now, and he played a little bit for the for the Bills. But overall, I mean, your leading receiver was Ricardo Lewis, uh, Melvin Ray, Jason Smith, and Rock Thomas were your one through four. And this is on the emergence or the you, when Duke Williams gets suspended. You had Marcus Davis wasn't really part of the offense quite yet, uh, and Tony Stevens hadn't really emerged and uh, hadn't really emerged yet. Cause the, the 2016 was more of Tony Stevens' year, but overall, just the wide receivers weren't there. You didn't have your tight end was a fullback, and you were just running the ball with Peyton Barber, who is one of the more underrated players in the in Auburn history, but it just wasn't enough to keep this team afloat, offensively at least. Yeah. I agree with you that JJ gets bad rap. Uh, I, I I agree with that, and and, and there's certainly an element of Gus Malzahn's lack of ability to develop quarterbacks, and, and I've kind of will still stand by this. I've already complimented Gus and Christie once this show. I don't want anybody to come sideways at me 
I'm a huge advocate for Justin Gus Malzahn. I agree for success. He's not a good developer of quarterbacks. It's it's absolutely a fact. Um, 2016 is the first year that I actually remember committing myself to watching Auburn ball. Um, and and I say that like it was forever ago. I mean, it was seven years. But that was an interesting experience because if you think about if Jeremy Johnson is an average quarterback, the 2015 season, I, I understand you just trauma dumped a little bit here on the show, Dylan. That's okay. <laughs> we'll move forward from that. But the 2016 season is an interesting case. Um, you don't have the spinny wheel of who the hell is going to be take the next snap. Is it going to be Jeremy Johnson? Is it going to be JF3? Or is it going to be Sean White? Side note, should have been Sean White starting that entire season. That's neither here nor there. Um, just after game one, recollecting there was really no, maybe game two, realizing that there was really no development from uh, Jeremy Johnson. That's neither over there. That's a fun little side plot about what if Auburn stuck to one quarterback? What if Sean White never got hurt? That's I tried pitching that earlier, got shot down. But anyways, I digress. Um, I'm not someone teasing, of course. 2016 would have been significantly different if Jeremy Johnson was an average to above average quarterback in the SEC. Um, you win the Clemson game. It's it's that simple. Um, that that's one of the most vivid memories that I have of watching an Auburn team and going. This team is significantly worse than, the, than its opponent, and it is right there playing toe-to-toe the entirety of that game. Um, that was certainly a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> that that being said, um, the the year just it, it shapes out differently. You probably wind up in the Sugar Bowl by earning that bid instead of having a couple teams um, shake out a little bit ahead of you, right? Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's the Baker Mayfield Sugar Bowl year, correct? Uh, yes, because Trevor Knight had been transferred by that point. The Baker Mayfield yeah. uh, Sugar Bowl year. Um, your outlook going forward is probably a little bit different. Um, JJ would have presumptively ended his tenure after 2016. There would have not been a clear quarterback. You don't know if you go get. I, I really don't know if it shakes out that way. After 2016, it was a blaring quarterback issue. Um, you may have been able to look internally. You may be able to recruit a little bit better. You may have been able to develop John White a little bit better, who had another year of eligibility following that, by the way. And you may have never gotten uh, gotten Jarrett Stidham. Uh, it, it, so if, if, if Jeremy Johnson works out for Auburn, there's more than one eight – win season on his uh on, under his watch there's probably a nine maybe a fluke 10 win season I, I don't think that jeremy johnson was ever going to be a sec west champion quarterback I, I, I don't um and that's nothing against him personally it's just a matter of just don't think the dude had the football ceiling that we thought he did and and like we said earlier in the show Dylan, like we say it all the time sometimes you miss it's, it's an interesting conversation, one that I wish I could be a little more part of because I can only kind of look analytically, right? Um, and, and that's where you really bring another element to our show uh, about all you've ever known is Auburn football. Uh, in 2016, I was sitting here praying on the downfall of uh, one certain uh, program in my home state uh, that wears red and black. Uh, the hint is I knocked down their hat earlier. It's just on the floor. Um, I was quite – pre-2016. 2016, I was at that point all invested – and taking uh, the next step in my journalistic career at Auburn uh, from an academic standpoint. So obviously football came hand in hand with that. But 
Very, very interesting conversation. I do not know if we talk enough about the fact that Jarrett Stidham might have not been as enticed to come to Auburn. I know that that sounds weird, and it doesn't sound like those things should be related, but Jarrett Stidham looked at Auburn and said, there's a glaring quarterback problem here. I know I can be the solution. Because that's, that, in my opinion, how that shook out. And the truth of the matter is, and the immediate result, and long-term, in my opinion, Jarrett Stidham was the answer to that, that, that problem. Um, you give him a decent offensive line in 2018 and you tell us Beyonce that he can't stay up waiting, or, waiting on her own flight, then maybe things go differently. Carryon Johnson doesn't get hurt. Maybe things go differently in 2017. Maybe you win, you, you make a, an appearance in the college football playoff. Hell yeah, I know you do. It's, it's very, very interesting just to think about that dynamic, right? Because while I do believe Sean White should have been the starting quarterback in 2016, he was not a great quarterback. And, and certainly not reliable uh, in terms of health, in terms of off-the-field issues, and I don't want to drag anybody for personal problems. I'm not, but the guy couldn't stay out of trouble with team rules. Um, it was kind of just like a shit show. <laughs> like 2016, that team is one of the more fascinating football teams in the history of Auburn that does not get talked about. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole season is yeah, the 2016 season is definitely a team that I choose to forget about the most for some reason. I don't know. There's no, like, blaring reason why. I just do. All I remember is Cam Petway had a had himself a year, and that's about it. I mean, that was uh, – was that still – Kyle Davis is one-handed catch and double coverage against Arkansas State. Arkansas State. Yes. Was that 2016? 2016. Oh, my God. Talk about a player who could have worked out if he had Austin a quarter Arms and Sean White. And if he had a quarterback and could stay out of trouble, how Kyle Davis could have been a great wide receiver for the Auburn Tigers. Kyle Davis could have gone down as one of the greatest receivers in the history of Auburn football if he would have not, not gotten in trouble as much as he did. Yeah. I will say, I think in this world, I think Jared Stidham still comes to Auburn because I think he watched Sean White. I think Sean White still gets in trouble with the, the with his people he gets in trouble with. I think Jared Stidham still comes to Auburn uh, strictly because I refuse to live in the world where Jared Stidham goes to his second option in Texas A&M. Because that's a domino effect that I don't like. Because you know who commits to Auburn if Jared Sidham does goes to Texas A&M? I'm ready. Kellen Mond. Yeah. Would would have been the would have been the Tiger would have been the Auburn Tiger starting quarterback in 2017. He might still be playing there now. <laughs> yeah, I refuse to live in a world where Kellen Mond finds his way onto the Auburn Tigers roster and plays. I would like uh, it on the record before we before we talk about some really really exciting news from the college loop. Um, I don't dislike Kellen Mond as a human. Oh, he's a great guy. I cannot stand him as a football player. He, I, he's like he might be. Like, okay, folks. Quick side note before we get into this new drip that I'm, Bill Dylan and I are actively rocking. This is my side note, non Auburn comment of the day. Um, if you look up mid in the Webster's Dictionary picture version, Kellen Mond's headshot shows up. He, he was a very, very average quarterback who didn't make a lot of mistakes. He just didn't do anything special. It was an overtime game the other day. He wasn't that damn good in that game anyways. He also has this really weird thing. I don't know if it's just how his body is shaped or what it is, but he holds the ball way too high. Or his lack of athleticism. That could be the case too, but that's also Kevin Sumlin's uh, doing after the Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray 
mistake that happened at A&M that ended up being good for Houston and Oklahoma that ended up being pretty decent for the Commanders or Panthers, whatever Kyle Allen played for the Panthers for a little bit. And jury's still out on uh, Kyler Murray's uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, career. Maybe should have. He can always fall back on the phase plan. Anyways, let's uh, let's let's. Carl, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling loopy. That's are you feeling loopy? I was getting to. So, if you wouldn't mind throwing some graphics up on the screen, I'm really excited about this. <laughs> yeah, if y'all have not heard, if you missed the live stream, go ahead and let y'all know that we got merch. We got merch. If you like feeling, if you're feeling a little loopy, we got feeling loopy shirts that are available, and I believe five colors uh throwing up i have three of them up on these graphics right here all the i put all the heather heather ones up uh but there's a there's a heather gray or i think it's a midnight gray uh then you have a black a heather black a navy and a heather navy and i believe we're i believe i'm wearing the heather gray one right now tar is wearing the black one i am wearing the midnight black one yes if you were wanting your own feeling loopy shirt they're comfy they're cool they're awesome Go to the warreport.com, uh, link in the description to go find the shirts from there. They're $25. Really, really great shirts. Cannot thank the warport enough for setting us up with some pretty cool yeah, merch. And they're really comfy. Like, I'm, I, I just put one on for the first time, got in the mail yesterday. Um, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm gonna wear this all the time. So. Yeah, and I was, I was looking around, I looking at the tag. It's not Gildan, like, it's a really, really great quality shirt. For a great price, and it just looks so cool. And the podcaster rep is pretty damn great too. And I'm, if yeah, ask, well, you got the little loop logo, and you also got the wrong sleeve, the Warport Podcast Network on the sleeve as well. That's right. That's right. Shout out to our friends over at the Warport. If you're not already following them, make sure you go hang out with them over at the Warport and at the Uptempo Podcast, our the Warport family of podcasts. I I know it's the Podcast Network, but we're one big happy family around here. We're one giant the happy family. A U M I L one. <laughs> the family but yeah just to show them one more time go to the warport.com go to their shop and get your own feeling loopy shirt today you know we're feeling loopy but i'm also feeling a little bit like talking hardwood for a minute right here on the college love dylan we're gonna like talk you're always ready to talk about hardwood dude I, I listen i'm a college basketball enjoyer what can i say man uh, we sleep in May. It, it, it just, as Josh, John Rothstein always says, we sleep in May. Um, <laughs> grab your nitroglycerin pills. Um, sometimes he timely, for, uh, poorly times those tweets. Like when the queen died. Well, anyways. Um, <laughs> not great. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> anywho, I digress. I digress. Auburn basketball. We're talking Auburn basketball right here on the College Loop podcast. Four-star guard Cam Scott, class 2024, um, will announce his commitment on August 11 at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. His top six, Auburn, University of Alabama, Oregon, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Dylan putting the runs down, horns down, the University of Texas. Now, who's Cam Scott, you might ask? I am so, so glad you asked. Dylan, it's time for your little, your little number. Tall guard. Tall guard. Tall guard. Tall guard. Tall guard. Tall guard. A six-foot-five. 165 pounds. That makes him like 170 soaking wet. Um, shooting guard. Dylan didn't like the way I phrased that. That's okay. I'll never say that again. I won't, I won't do it again. Um, but anyways, 
shooting guard out of Lexington, South Carolina. Per on three right now, looks like he's a South Carolina lead. Auburn's still firmly, firmly in the mix per his Twitter. Um, this will be a nice little pair. That's a hot pet. And another, uh, another piece of that 24 class that we've talked about time and time and time and time and time again, Dylan. Could wind up being the greatest class the bridge pro ever pulled in. Still waiting on the big man. Trying to figure out who that's going to be now. Had some moving pieces with the departure of West Flanagan. Yada, yada, yada. Don't want to spend a ton of time on this, Dylan, because I, I just want to wait till we get a little bit closer and we get some traction. But we're putting on the radar. If yeah. Cam Scott joins the Auburn Tigers, it is official. Bruce Pearl's all in on the tall backcourt. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I, I'm trying to remember the last time Auburn had a guard over 6'3. Like Trey Donaldson, I think, is 6'2. So, I, and I just don't think he's ever had one. Well, Reef was close. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if Reef grew his hair out a little bit and wore stilts, I think he'd be around 6'3 uh, and a half. 6'2 and a half. Yeah, just, just barely getting there. <laughs> enough, enough to be eligible. For the NBA Combine, I like I mentioned, I don't want to spend a ton of time on on Cam Scott. I also don't want to get Auburn's fans' hopes up too much because I do think he's a South Carolina lean. Um, that being said, I do want to read a really interesting blurb that I actually looked up before the show and kind of just you know, do my homework, double checking uh, our, our rundown things of that nature. You do a great job, Dylan. Shout out to you. Um, I thought this was really interesting in on three report. Um, so Cam Scott said the player he's been watching and modeling his game the most after, um, and obviously he said he's focused on winning a state championship, blah, 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 great, great, wants, wants to win, winners win. Anyway, Luka Doncic. And, and I, I think that's, that's interesting. Like, I'm absolutely all for it. Ab, don't get me wrong, Luka, dog, absolute dog. But interesting, certainly one of the young stars, uh, younger stars of the, of the NBA game, but also him saying – He's watching a lot of Luka Doncic right now, the little things, how he gets to his spots, his footwork. And he also mentioned that he prides himself on, you know, his vision, being able to see things before they happen on both ends of the floor. That's a pretty damn mature answer for a kid that's going into his senior year of high school. And another one of those is, if BB pulls this one off, is this like one of his like strategy, strategical wizardry? Answer is yes. Um, don't want to get people's hopes up too more, but that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's worth mentioning that there's another commit on August 11th as well, Peyton Marshall, the former Auburn commit, who I think Auburn's been still pretty much trying to recruit him as well. Yes. I don't. I I think he's. He, did he leave the door open for Auburn? I know. Uh, uh, what's his name from Baker in Mobile? Oh God. You good? Uh, what's his name? He decommitted. Guard, Mobile, Baker High School, Mr. Oh, Alabama. Um, shoot. He has – the funny thing is he has a really memorable name as well. Yeah, that's why I'm uh, – it's, it's killing me right now. Oh, my Lord. It's it's going to hit me as soon as I see it. I'm going to – going through my commitment graphics if he committed and decommitted. Uh, not, not Tyron Lawrence, not – God, this is this is embarrassing for someone who does this all the time. If you're still around, yeah. thank you for staying around. How about the Baron Phylon? That is his name. 
another guy who left his. I knew uh, the last name was Phylon, and I could not remember the first name. I knew I, I knew it was. I, I literally just did not feel confident in LeBaron. But I mean, two, three guys right there, who, or two guys right there who commit. Who Peyton Marshall's committing soon? I don't know when LeBaron's com- committing again, but I think both those guys pretty much left the door open for Auburn to hammer home. They really want them on the planes, and uh, I think Peyton Marshall right now might be a whole Miss lane. Just because Wes Flanagan and was such a huge part of his commitment, but yeah, yeah, should be a that shakes out. Um, I you find August. Yeah, Auburn fans have faith. It's, it's, it's just, just happened. Dylan, I believe that's all we have on the college loop deck. That is it. That is all. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell. We would love to hear your feedback on theoretical Thursdays for next week. Like I said, I will be back. I'm hoping every show next week. After that, I am an every show kind of guy. I'm going to be doing a couple of shows remote, Dylan, from New Jersey. Bear with me. I'm going to go up there for like 10 days after the season's over. Um, but we'll be we'll be moving and shaking right here on the loop. Looking forward to spending more time with you guys. I'm Harris Tatar at by Harris Tatar on the Bird app. If you want to come hang out with us. And Dylan will tell you find where all of our socials are. But I'm going to tell you one more time. Like, subscribe, and ring the damn bell. Hang out with us. We, we love having you here. Um, for all of you guys that are newcomers to the college loop, um, we really appreciate you guys. I know that we've kind of had people trickling in, and we're really stoked to have you guys. Let's get up to a thousand subs um, by the end of football season. It's kind of our goal. Also, make sure you show go show love to our friends over at the War Report and at the Up Tempo Podcast. Could not do what we do without those guys and their backing, um, and they're just absolute rock stars. So why are you not already hanging out with them? Dylan, boy, George, let's get out of here. Yeah, I'm Dylan Lark at you, Bullet Tank on Twitter. If you're watching, it's just right there, and it's also going to be in the description below where. While you're down there, you can go ahead and go click that link and go get yourself a cool feeling loopy t-shirt. And they're dope. Again, cannot stress it enough how dope these shirts are. And of course, if you want to go follow us, you can follow us literally everywhere. You got Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. It gets to 500 subs, and Colin's going to have to do a little dancey dance. Interns, to, wow. Yeah, and get us to 1,000. And I've already told Colin via the live stream that he'll be running the MySpace if we get to a thousand. So, <laughs> that'll That's be the greatest intern job I've ever heard. So he'll be getting the graphics up on there whenever we get to a thousand subs. But again, with all that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast. And everything updated. There we go. College Loop Podcast. 